Hello and welcome to So Divine Conversations. That's right. This is So Divine Part 2. It's our new podcast that we're adding on mid-month. So I'm Megan Skinner. And I'm Stephanie Galling. And in conversations, what Stephanie and I are going to do is discuss some different themes. We may have a guest here and there just an opportunity to kind of mix things up and expand your world, all with a mind's eye towards inspiration and helping you to lead a more conscious life. So welcome to So Divine Conversations. Hello, Stephanie. I know this is so exciting. So what we thought about for our very, our inaugural conversations is that we'd start by talking about a little bit about Stephanie and I and how we came to do the work that we do as astrologers, as a wellness coach, a tarot card reader, authors, all that kind of good stuff. So we're actually entitling this conversation's Meet Stephanie and Megan. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. Hello. My name is Megan. So why don't I start off um, with that? Okay. And just talk a little bit about, you know, how did I come to be a professional clairvoyant, an astrologer, a tarot card reader? And what I often say is, you know, when I was a child, I did not say when I grow up, (laughs) I want to be like a clairvoyant and a tarot card reader. It just kind of happened as things do. And I did receive my first deck of tarot cards when I was 14 years old. And from the moment that I saw those cards, I was just like mesmerized. And it began this journey of my love of the tarot. And, you know, I read cards for all my girlfriends and all of that. And then, you know, I went I went to school and I was actually a, a journalism major. But as things all came about, I ended up leaving that professional world. It was not a good fit. And I just started reading cards again. And then before I knew it, you know, more people came and I started to build a private practice. And at this time, I also started studying the Tro in earnest. The Tro is also an academic exploration. It's an intuitive oracle, but it's also very rich in archetypal knowledge and wisdom, spiritual wisdom. And I started studying astrology as well. And it all just came into being in private practice for over 25 years, which I think is just amazing in itself, getting to do what you love to do. But like I said, it was not intentional. You know, it wasn't like, this is what I'm going to be when I grow up. It just kind of happened. So what about you, Stephanie? How did you come into, you know, your life? Yeah, I'm really happy to be talking about this for a couple of reasons, right? One is also, I think it's so interesting with so many people now dedicated to yes. being of service and being in the in the healing field or the, the wisdom field, right? Like how all of us come, what our journey is mm. towards how we come to where it is that we arrive or yeah. we haven't really, any of us arrived, but the journey that we're on, <laughs> right? you know, and also thinking about how, yeah, it feels nice just to share like who we are um, with the, with the, everyone. So um, so succinctly, how did I get to be where I am at? I mean, my whole 
life I can remember when I was younger, my motivation was to be of service to help people, to help mm. people with their health and their well-being. Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, I think some of that comes through just like sadness in my life with people around me who mm. were not well and, you know, wanting to be the fixer and wanting to be the healer. And that really motivated me. And then also became, there was another level that came in after that was also just this fascination with what is well-being? What is health? You know, thinking about how most people were configuring that from a, a physical perspective, but starting to realize that there are additional components, mm -hmm. right? Mental and, and, and spiritual and emotional, and then being really interested in the intertwining of all of that. Yeah. You know, I feel really lucky that in my 20s, too, there are a few people around me that also turned me on to, you know, now what we call alternative medicine, mm -hmm. right? But I had a really early introduction back then to all these other systems of healing. Mm. And so my whole career has been dedicated to healing, and that's taken on a lot of different iterations. Yes. You know, I worked um, in for a homeopathic company and teaching doctors to do bioenergetic testing, and I had my own environmental store back in the 90s. I'm now dating myself <laughs> before, like, the Green Revolution. I would have loved to have seen that. <laughs> yes, back in upstate New York. And... All the while, in the 90s, I discovered astrology. I yeah. mean, I knew of astrology, and I went to some astrologers, but it was during a time where I was having just a hard time in my life, and my friend Heidi said, go to see this astrologer in New York. And I went to see this astrologer, and it was the first mm. time in my life that I felt seen and mm. recognized. Not even just that another person recognized me, but as she reflected to me, it allowed me to recognize myself oh, wow. in a way that I never was able to. Yeah. And I realized at that moment, and, and this sounds dramatic, but this is my <laughs> feeling, I needed to know that language, that language of astrology, as if I needed like to take another breath. Like I needed wow. it to understand myself, to understand the larger cycles around us. Yeah, yeah. And as someone in the healing profession at that point, as another way to be of service to my community, to my clients. Yeah, what what a, what an interesting journey. And it's interesting about that aha moment, the you know. And moment. I remember my first astrology reading and it was like it was like, oh, this is who I am. And like, yes. it gives you that language to talk about it. And that is so powerful. Like, I think we say often, like, everybody should have their astrology chart because it's this amazing blueprint of your life and who you are and why you're here. And so, so powerful. And as you're talking about your journey, you know, one of the, it sounds like, you know, there were people around you that, you know, kind of guided you. And I feel like for me, one of the things that was really hard, especially as a tarot card reader and as a clairvoyant, and back in the day, um, you know, not a lot of people were reading tarot cards. It was this weird, vague, esoteric, you know, I call it the gypsies, tramps, and thieves phenomena. You were a fortune teller, right? And so when I was coming up in the world and reading cards, I was like this anomaly. And it's so interesting now because the tarot, I always say the tarot is so hot right now. Everybody's into the tarot. It's all over Instagram. People are doing decks. We've talked about this with astrology where before you would need to be a studied practitioner to like post about astrology and everybody's posting about the new moon and the full moon and, and there are ideas on astrology, which is great, but it's become a part of the universal 
language in some really, really great and maybe some not so great ways, right? But I know, I love that there's so much more conversation in the world about these arts, you know, and these sciences, because when I was learning, I was completely self-taught with the trove. Of course, there was tons of books, but I didn't feel like I had a community around that. Um, Being a psychic and learning, oh my gosh, about how my psychic gifts worked and I wasn't crazy. There wasn't community. And now people talk about intuition and energy and psychic gifts. And I did find a lot of community in astrology. I think that was one of the benefits is that astrology really has that strong sense of community, even back then when I was first starting out. Yes. And what I found in my journey too, right, was the importance of community. And also part of community is also the the teachers, right, that have Mm -hmm. showed up along the way, those really important people, you know, that astrologer, Shirley Silver in New York, another really important important teacher for me was Lawrence Hellman, who I met about nine years ago. And I was, you know, from the time with Shirley and then studying astrology and then being an astrology practitioner and doing wellness astrology, combining those two things that were part of who I was. Um, And then I went to this workshop where he was teaching about dreams and astrology. Mm. And I realized again, too, and that's been a theme for me in terms of also how I've not even just structured my craft, but come into that is that it's this sort of amalgamation. It's not just I'm an astrologer Mm. or I'm a wellness consultant or I'm a dream worker. This working together like you, right, Mm -hmm. with the astrology and the tarot Mm -hmm. and with the tarot and the clairvoyance with Mm -hmm. and the guide the guidance and how those things come together. Yeah. You know, and then when I met Lawrence and realized, oh, I find dreams so inspiring and such vessels for amazing insights Mm -hmm. and that there was this overlap with astrology. And so bringing that into the fold for myself in terms of weaving that in, studying that and then having that be something else that I offer to clients or students, um, the people around. Yeah, and it's interesting, and now you've just finished a book, <laughs> you know, on the world of dreams, you know, so it's, maybe it's a little bit of a, of a, of a full circle moment, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. I, you know, so the question, too, is, you know, with the language that we have to talk about things, how are you feeling about what's going on in the world today? I mean, you know, from the perspective of, you know, astrologer and dream worker and wellness coach and all of that. Yeah, I mean, I do feel like with, and and I'm sort of going to split it in two in a way, right? Because with astrology, right, having this language to understand not only yourself, but the people around you, you know, and help people understand themselves, but also the bigger cycles, it does feel like a sense of grounding. Mm -hmm. You know, the world can be in chaos and nothing will take that away. But when you can see that from an archetypal perspective, there's something where it has, it gives it a sense of sense, Yeah. you know, and it has me then wonder if this is not why so many more people are using and connecting to the language of astrology, which is so heartening. I mean, we do talk about how, you know, sort of the concern of that is the sort of watering down of, you know, the astrology language. And do people really understand when things are being said or too much astrology information, yeah. or taking it as a superficial level? But invariably, as this the collective is moving to wanting to find answers to these bigger questions yes, yes. that astrology is providing that. So given that, I feel um, really it's a way to understand the world. And again, 
through in this time where people just want to understand themselves and live a life of more clarity and consciousness mm-hmm. that the things that the way that I do that we all have our unique offerings of how we give, give contribution that being able to still stand in this work and to be of service for people in this way as the world is as the world is yeah. you know feels heartening yeah, absolutely. Does that I love that. Sense? Totally. And I love how you talk so much about being of service. I think that, you know, at the end of the day, that's really why we're all here, right? And I find that really, I really, I respect that. I find that really powerful. And, you know, I think that, you know, the world, you know, is, is crazy right now. And crazy. I think everybody's looking for answers. And when you really think about it, like half the books on the New York Times bestseller list are on spirituality or wellness yeah. or consciousness or how to shift your trauma. You know, I think we're really realizing that the world that we live in today is traumatic for, for, for many people. And so I think that, you know, spirituality, spiritual arts, if you will, gives this different lens that I feel like it's more holistic in so many ways, because when we look at the world, it's not reasonable anymore. How do we make reason of an unreasonable world? And I'm sure there's been other times, you know, throughout history where the world has searched for reason in a crazy, unreasonable world. But if we can get out of, you know, for me, a lot with my work is it's getting out of the the physical and realizing that we're energetic beings and that we're multidimensional beings and that we're not just this mental consciousness, that there's a bigger picture there. And that's where I feel like archetypes and the tro and, you know, the psychic energetic realm and astrology can give us you know, conduits, you know what I mean, or language to really be in these worlds, the intuitive world, the invisible world, in a way that we can understand, because I feel like we need these tools right now. And I think people are really looking for them. Yeah, because the old structures are are breaking down once again. And people then are finding the sense of how do I find grounding? How do I find rooting? And it feels like in that, in that digging as well, it's really, you know, we use this word permission a lot, right? Mm -hmm. Really having the acknowledgement and giving oneself permission as well to realize like, wow, I am more than I was taught that I am. Yes. You know, and that to connect to that deeper level of compassion, uh, one's intuition, Mm -hmm. you know, having a guide map or a road map, a GPS system that whether it's astrology or the tarot, tapping into the bigger wisdom, you know, as we try to we acknowledge that there's these mysteries that we may never be able to like fully explain, but the acknowledgement of them. Yeah. And that again, with these languages and so beautiful that they're becoming more commonplace. Yeah. Tarot and, you know, spiritual healing and astrology and that we can then we have that to bridge us to connect together in community mm-hmm. so that we can not just do that work on our own yeah. and go through that evolution on our own, but be there for others. Yeah, I think that, that that's so true. And as you're talking, what kind of comes to my mind is maybe this is a time where the, the mystery schools and the mystery, the world of mysteries will really come back into play. Because yeah. when you think about in ancient times, that was the only way to understand, you know, life because there was all these things happening that had no context, right? So maybe this is a time to once again embrace being in the mystery. And life is a mystery, right? Is a mystery. And we're just trying 
trying to find some way to negotiate that and understand it. And I think as human beings, we need to understand, you know, it's one thing to say, you know, let go and let God and surrender, which is lovely. But I think we're all looking to understand, and you know, these tools, you know, I remember the first time I really dug into my astrology chart was like, I now really understand more of what I'm working with and who I am. And then if we can suspend judgment. That's judgment, right, say. right? Because when people say. are first learning astrology, there's sometimes so much judgment around it. Yeah, and do, didn't doesn't it make you feel like, okay, like I understand myself better and therefore like, you know what, that sort of thing that, you know, throws me off balance, like that's just me. Like you accept yes. yourself. Once you yes. know yourself more, you can accept yourself more. Right, because there's always a shadow side. You know? And we embrace shadow. and incorporate the shadow. Completely. You know, and I think too, in terms of like this notion of like what's going on in the world and how do we feel about it? Like, I also feel like it's super gritty now, you know, <laughs> like we're really having to like get down to like the truths of mm. of where we've all collectively been, you know, and realizing sort of the limitations of the path that we've been on for, say, the last, you know, hundred, couple of hundreds of years, if you will, especially yeah. And thinking about, too, like, it is a, a time where we just feel like our survival is threatened, you know, yeah. the survival of, of the planet, yeah. of species. And, you know, so we're working through that sense of, like, what does that feel like? And, but that play of, like, wait, maybe it's not just about surviving. It's also can these tools, can this new way help us to thrive? And yes. I don't mean in that let's thrive and spiritual bypass. Like, no, like, we've got to, like, be real and ex accept yes, responsibility yes. and accept limits. But there's also that sense, and this is more of a question, if you will, or maybe it's a statement, I don't know, it's somewhere in between, like where if we like accept that sense of like who we really are and who we really are for each other, mm -hmm. you know, as we're facing all this, that there is that level, that sobering feeling of like, of thriving, of flourishing, of opening and opening our hearts in a deeper way. I love that you're bringing up thriving because I think that the, in these times that we truly can thrive and some of the things you're talking about feel very Aquarian age to me, you know, the right. collective, the coming together, the individual in search, in service of the greater collective and celebrating those individual gifts. And so, you know, I tell a lot of my clients, don't watch too much TV, <laughs> you know, because I think that's a rabbit hole in the media where we can just get lost. And what you're saying, stay conscious, be responsible, be aware, but don't remember, we're making this all up as we go. That's the beauty of being on the planet today is we're realizing that we're energetic beings and thought creates reality. So, you know, as we become more empowered and we embrace these tools and we go different, deeper, we can begin to create a reality we want to experience, right? But it takes that responsibility. It takes being grounded and aware and all that kind of good stuff. But I love that you're bringing up thriving because I think we can thrive. Yeah. And, and I, all of this. And I think like the pathway, you know, I'm thinking about how like we're in the election season. Like the right. pathway to victory is, you know, <laughs> the delegates, like the pathway also feels like 2020 this year with the way that the, you know, the planetary alignments is like with all this Capricorn energy like yeah. now, like to take responsibility yeah. and do the work and like really have that sobering perspective mm. and to like release the detritus and what doesn't work, you know, and even in terms of our viewpoint, 
And then when the great conjunction of Jupiter-Saturn occurs in December, so, you know, every 20-year conjunction, and this time it will be in Aquarius. Yeah. Where, again, to your point, you know, then we come back as, you know, sort of what we're invited to into is to come together in community. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah I and think... And community service. I think that's what it's all about. I do. So before, as kind of as a way of just kind of wrapping yeah. up our conversation today, do you have any advice? You know, there's a lot of people, I talk to a lot of people out there that want to become professional astrologers or clairvoyants or tarot card readers in whatever form. And so as we are the wise women in our field now... <laughs> What advice would you give someone that really wants to create a sustainable practice around, you know, these sciences? Yeah. The first thing that comes to my mind is it's really, really important to get the foundations down. I mean, we live in a time of like, quick this, quick that, meme that, Instagram, you know, what have you. And it doesn't mean that you can't share wisdom or information that you connect to, but really having an honoring of tradition and the fundamentals to really study. And I'm, you know, just thinking about from a perspective of astrology, yes, there's a lot that you can learn on the internet, but my number one thing here would be like, go find the classic astrology books yep. and read yep. them. Yes. You know, read them and read the masters and read the traditions, you know, whether yes. that's going back hundreds of years or even just some of yeah. the great, you know, astrologers of the 20th century. You know, Alan Leo and Isabel Hickey. And this is, these are my sort of biases, the people yeah, that I love. Yeah, and Rob absolutely. Hand and, you know, Liz Green and really like getting down those foundations. And, you know, that it may feel frustrating because you may want to go be out there. You feel like you know things and that, again, you can still share. But again, that amassing of those brick by brick of a foundation of knowledge will have you feel in a greater sense of center so that you can feel that sense of confidence and structure, right? To really build, because we're talking about building a practice. So that would be one thing. And the other thing I would say is like get together with like people who speak your language. And like, that's how you learn is by, you know, speaking with other people that quote, speak astrology or know astrology, you know, and get mentorship. Yeah, absolutely. Go to find out like the meetups in your area or the local astrology groups in your area you know come together in community yeah i love that and i i I love that you're talking about really getting that strong foundation because what we're talking about are ancient sciences you know sciences and it's like everything old is new again right but there is so much wisdom out there and to really you know take the time to build those strong foundations the other thing i would add on to this i hope this isn't a debbie downer but it's (laughs) not always easy to build a practice as a spiritual practitioner, as we're talking about. And I'm not trying to discourage anyone. I just, you know, there's sometimes with people, they love the troll and they love astrology. So they're going to become like a troll reader professionally in astrology. I'm like, you know, just because you love it. I appreciate that. Study it. Dig in deep. Utilize it. But it's not everybody that can translate that to a private practice or doing it in the world. And I think there's other abilities like you you have to put on your counseling hat. You have to be able to teach a little bit. You've got to be able to like weave the story. And so, again, I'm not trying to discourage anyone because this is powerful work and I encourage uh, anyone who wants to do it. But I'm just saying sometimes the love of it doesn't mean that you are meant or you, you know, 
I don't want to use the word should, should build a private practice in it. Be able to discern that, yeah. you know, because that that's a, that's creating a business. Right. Right. And that it is a business. And also, but that doesn't mean that you, people shouldn't study it and have that Absolutely, as a tool for Absolutely. But do it for, for yourself. I think sometimes we think you, it's all about monetizing. Right. Exactly. Right. And, I, and I think, too, to add to that, you know, the other thing, and this is really, this is a sort of a part of the personal journey I've gone through, is this notion of value and valuing mm. what you do. Yeah. You know, people in the healing profession, yeah. you know, we want to give and we want to help and we want mm. to relieve suffering. And I shouldn't charge for that because this is not mine to give. I'm just sort of being there with you. And yet there is that notion of really needing to value yourself and that it is a currency, you know, to give to people and then to give to you. Also to have it be accessible, though. Yeah. Right. To people. So it's finding that balance where you're valuing yourself and, and how you can stand for others um, so that it is both a giving and it's it adds to sufficiency for other people, but you're also staying self-sufficient as well. I mean, totally. I'm really glad that you brought that up um, because, you know, I, I think you're right. A lot of practitioners don't charge enough money. And if I had any advice for those of you going into this profession, it would be charge a lot, a lot, a lot, because I feel like, like you're saying, a lot of times people undervalue. And I feel like it's okay to charge. If you are a professional and you feel good about your work, it's okay to charge the money that you think you should you should be given. So that's my charge a lot. Go big, go home, you know, charge money. Yeah, yeah charge money. Charge what feels like yeah. it's a value to you and still makes it accessible. I mean, that's yeah. the other thing too is to figure out like, okay, I can charge this and yet if that limits the amount of people that I can that can connect to the work, how can I then have other ways where I offer what I can offer that doesn't yeah. have that like cost that cost barrier? Right. So it's finding that balance. Absolutely, I think it's always about about the balance. Oh, I love these conversations. Well, this is, I love these conversations. This was great, Stephanie. This was wonderful. What a great way of sharing a little bit about ourselves and about our journeys. So. Once again, this is Stephanie and Megan, and this is So Divine Conversations. We're going to be doing this every month, mid-month. So stay tuned, and thank you, Stephanie. Thank you. I'm really excited for this, and I'm excited for next month when, you know, we're going to have a theme, and we're going to talk about it from all different angles. So um, I'm so happy to be doing this with you, Megan, and to just continue to expand um, So Divine. Thank you. Thank you.